Hi, my name is Chris Candy, and this is the Never Not Run podcast. Or no. <laughs> or do the NNR right. for... This is the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. What episode? What episode is this? Episode 13? We are on number 13. Yeah, lucky 13. And uh, today we have uh, two very talented composers, Nick Tuttle and Jared Rodriguez. I'm really excited about this episode because we get um, a culmination of a bunch of KXLU DJs together on one podcast. And what was Jared's um, KXLU DJ name or his show? If I remember correctly, he was the beekeeper. Although I think he may have just gone by Jared on the schedule. But I think once he got on the air, he developed his persona, at least his on-air persona was the beekeeper. (laughs) I love it. Well, you, it was nice because, you know, this episode is, is definitely like getting the, the, the old band back together um, from KXLU. And it, it's, it's also fun, this episode, because we're talking to two people. I mean, Mark, you might want to explain this one a little bit better. Um, but these guys have a history with running, but it's not that which you would expect. Yeah, this episode is going to feel like one of those easy runs where... It starts out smooth and then works its way into a steady pace. And so we cover a lot of different stuff. These guys are maybe don't have the the experience that like some of the other people that we have had on the pod have. But I think they are they kind of like define what what we're going after with Never Not Run, which is really just to figure out what people's relationship is to running and to movement. And so these guys kind of epitomize like just the average everyday person that's getting out there to run. So I was really excited to have them on to like hear their stories, especially Nick's stories, which I I mentioned later on in the episode, but Nick was the very first person I ever knew to do the marathon and he did it in such a low key way. I don't think he even told anybody. Yeah. He, he, when he was explaining it, I remembered it was kind of like, a, I didn't know he had done one and, and B like, you know, he wasn't blasting his training, <laughs> uh, you know, progress on Instagram because it just wasn't around at the time. Yeah. I mean, this was probably pre Strava, pre all that. I mean, he was just going out there and doing it. But uh, yeah, it was definitely inspiring. I think it planted a seed even way back then. Yeah. Well, this is a great episode. It's it's a nice little respite uh, from what's going on in the world right now. Definitely. You know, we just want to say that you know, our, our hearts, um, are, are really kind of broken right now with everything that's going on down in Texas. And, uh, we just want to say it, that it's definitely something that's on our mind and is something that, you know, I don't know, Mark, something that really pisses me off. So, um, what's going on down there. And I just, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I just, we wanted to briefly mention on it that we definitely have feelings about this entire thing. Yeah. It's, it's May 25th that we're recording this intro. So, it's something it's it's inescapable living in the u.s and especially uh you know even trying to escape for it going outside going for a run or something you are immediately reminded of it seeing newspapers on the ground or or just seeing uh yeah front page headlines everywhere you move whether it's buffalo or or you know we even had one uh down here in orange county so Yes, it's it's the world we live in, and um, 
if anything, uh, to connect it at all to running, um, you know, sometimes getting that time to yourself gets you to be able to think on, on things and, um, and, you know, kind of reflect on the world we're in. So with that note, yeah, on that note, um, we recorded this before, you know, all of this happened. So, um, there's definitely a different vibe to it, but, uh, hopefully it'll, I don't know, hopefully people will, will enjoy it for what it is. Absolutely. Well, I think it's just that time to hear the music of, of combat, Mark Nieto, <laughs> and lead us into episode 13 of the Never Not Run pod. <laughs> oh, we'll get into it, Chris. Don't worry. Man. Yeah. Yeah, this you is a big deal right now. We're already recording. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dude. Oh uh, yeah. No, I don't. We probably shouldn't have weed with my shoes, but you know. You got the kettlebells. I'm down. <laughs> yes, I have the kettlebells on the floor next to my credenza. Oh man, get oh, some, we could do some Turkish get-ups and. Oh yeah, you doing Pavel's? I oh yeah, I, Pavel is my my G. I've been I was doing his uh, Russian fire fighter fighter pull-up program before. Um, Grease and the Groove? Grease and Groove's cool. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just was doing Simple and Sinister for like two months. Yeah, I'm still this doing This all it. sounds made up. This is all real stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, uh, so are, he has right. like this... He has one of the funniest um, He's a, like videos. Have you watched the instructional video? I've seen one. Where yeah, he's he like, looks like... He only calls it a, a manly kettlebell the whole time? Yeah. He's, he's this like street fighter looking character who's like the master of kettlebell training and like okay his his stuff's cool because he's like really effective but he's all about recovery like he's so you're not gonna really get hurt like it's mm. like the pull pull program is like you do like five four three two one like set like set of five set of four set of three set of two and set of one yeah. And then the next day, it's like five, four, three, two, two. You just add one every day. So he's always about like simple adding and mm. cu- and cumulative. And so then it's like it ends up being really cool. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're just talking about Pavel's uh, kettlebell oh, yeah. programs. You've yeah, you fuck with Pavel. I We're just cut this. Up. <laughs> I want to keep it. Maybe all. there's no right answer. <laughs> I'm ready to keep it. Well, so like with the kettlebell shit, I've never done it because it. Whenever I see someone doing it, it looks terrifying. It looks yeah. it looks like this dude is about to destroy his back. And right. so it's, I don't know, it, but I feel like I should be trying it cuz all of my friends do it. A lot of my friends do it. You're right. Like it's a really like vulnerable move, you know, mm-hmm. but once you like build the strength up to it, you get like strong in like a really bizarre way. Like you don't get like cut, but mm-hmm. you're just like all of a sudden you go from like Doughy to like <laughs> trying to get cut. I, I, I'm hey baby, I'm always trying well, to get cut. Yo, up. I'm trying to build the. Uh, granted, clearly I'm mostly upper body strength, but I could always use more. Dude, no, but like you like you like functional. It's, but that's yeah, I want to yeah, build know. that, you know. So I, I've been thinking about it. No, you should like it, it's all about like getting the right weight for you, a light one, and just going through the motions. But like yeah, it, if you get like if you get the education on it, it's 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 really great and um. And this homie you're talking about. My friend, actually, if you ever wanted to, to do, like, one training session and learn it, like, it's really affordable, and, like, he's the best. And he's just really nice. His name's Matt. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like um, trained with Strong First, which is like the, I feel like I'm on the pod. I'm recording. <laughs> we're keeping this off. No, this is, we're going, yeah. man. This None yeah. of this is warm up anymore. Exactly. We're on the field, boys. The cleats are on. <laughs> there, is okay. no, there is no warm up. Well, uh, let's just, uh, let's, Mark. We're back. We're back. The Never Not Run podcast. We're at episode 13 now. This is episode 13, yeah. And uh, we have been, uh, We've gone through the looking glass with this one today, folks. (laughs) I'll be honest. I have not. uh, This is the most highly anticipated episode for me personally. (laughs) Just a bunch of real athletes. I'm so excited to get into a discussion. You're excited. (laughs) Jesus, man. Oh, man. I know. When uh, you pitched this uh, idea to me, uh, it wasn't didn't even need to be pitched. It was just it was like immediately like, yes, we need to do this. Um, can I ask what the pitch was? Weird stories about running in LA. Okay. So the thing that like happens, I think at least for, I can speak for myself Mm. is that when I got into running, like it was very organic and all of my, like, I've had a lot of fun stories more recently, but like the best ones are always like the early stories. Right. And like, um, when you get wrapped up into marathons and races and all that stuff, it starts like forming your perspective on running. And like all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're like in, in the running world. And when Mark was telling me about your guys's experience with like moving and and running and and long walks and all this stuff, it sound sounded so like freewheeling, esoteric, no fucking rules. Like let's just go. And like the bad boys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> if this sounds any different from our regular podcast it's because it is it's because we are surrounded by two expert recording engineers and and music <laughs> composers uh jared rodriguez and nick tuttle uh the four of us go way back we all went to school together yeah and, we went to lmu and yeah and and have remained friends but uh yeah i want to welcome both of you guys to the podcast Thanks for coming to the Never Not Run pod. My God. Thank you guys. It's an honor, man. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's great to have you. We're here in uh, Nick's house. Uh, Nick, you, uh, you've been pretty busy as of late. I've been trying to, to work my way back into running after taking like a decade break around, uh, a full-time job and having a kid and, uh, going to school. It's been, uh, it's been an adventure. So I was, you mentioned this in, in the text earlier, but I think you were the first person that I ever knew that actually ran a marathon. So I ran, yeah, I ran in 2009, like right after college. Uh, I had been, my thing was always like, I just wanted to run every day. So I'd run six miles every day. And after, like I grew up in Seattle, but then after moving to LA, like the weather was just so nice that I never took days off for breaks. So uh, after I graduated college and I was like trying to find something to do, uh, I was interning at a recording studio and working overnights at a dog kennel to pay the bills. And so, <laughs> As one does. And man. so I was like, okay, I, I have to like have like a set goal that makes like sense. And then the marathon was coming up and I was like, I've never trained or was like this LA? anything. Yeah. It was the LA marathon. Um, was it stadium to see at that point or was it the no, old route it, from it was, Coliseum? It was, it, 
I don't think it was, it wasn't even the Coliseum. It was like downtown and then you looped around over to the west side and then back to downtown where you finished. So did it start where it finished or? Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. And it was like, I think, I think it was on Figueroa. I don't remember, but I definitely was, uh, I had never tried to train for a marathon before. Like my whole thing about running was I just wanted like, it was time to listen to music and not be bothered while also like moving my brain. So it's like I could calm down my brain uh-huh. enough to really focus on music. Like cool. that was like my dad always ran with a cassette tape deck uh-huh. like around his neck. And then when I started running, I remember like trying to buy the cheapest anti-skip CD player. Like I wanted the most yeah. amount of anti-skip because <laughs> I would just shred my CDs because I had my CD player like in my hand. Right. This is like, so I started, I started running, like running, running when I was like 15 and I, I, you know, like something everybody on this podcast talks about is, uh, not everybody. You just have a lot of guests who are like, yeah, I used to have to run the mile in middle school and it was horrible. And like, I still thought running was like not fun. So to make it fun, I was like, okay, I can like listen to music during this time. Right. So I like, that was a huge priority for me. And I would be like, literally like burning copies of CDs I had bought because I would be scratching them so much from running. <laughs> like <laughs> Wait, you were burning albums or would you make mixes? Yeah, I would do both. But was yeah, there a I would time, was my there a kingdom time? for one of those mixes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was like, no, no. It was a lot of like prog rock and like screamo bands because I was a high school kid in the early 2000s. Was there a time when you could do like an MP3 CD and you could put over a data like, CD? A data CD, yeah, right? And, and those are put, pretty good too. But could you <laughs> could you listen to those on on a CD player? I can't remember. You could like I just I don't know if I ever bought one of those CD players. Like but it was, I, okay, because yeah. I, I just remember specifically buying like a Sony Discman G Shock, and it looked yeah, it looked like a spaceship. <laughs> was that the yellow one that had the clamps on it? Do you remember those ones? It Dude. didn't have clamps, it, but it had like had the tape version pad. of that. Oh, those were sick. so sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was dope as hell. Dude, they're they're like really dropping the ball. I mean, I get it. Yeah, we have like our phones, and it's so wireless. But like some of those like early like disc men and and we could, i'm scared about this episode because we could go on so many tangents it's like fucking terrifying i, Just, I mean g-shock was one of my notes like <laughs> definitely <laughs> wanted to talk about how i would just ruin my records because like i would take them running with me like i literally right. had like three copies of mars volta's first record because like i would they would That's get scratched That's just hitting the inside of the cd player okay so hold on so Jared, so Yo. when did you get into running? Like in enjoying it, or when did I start? <laughs> <laughs> to like radically different things. We have that distinction on this podcast. No, we don't. Okay. So, so okay. Here's a great. Here's a great question, actually. Yeah. What was your the first time you ever ran a mile? Uh, like school, elementary school. Okay. Were you fast was, back then, or no? What? It was just no. I was like, do you do cuss? Words. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys are going to have to edit this. We do, but maybe today we don't. I'll try to chill. I'll try to no, chill. No, 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 no. Go for it. No, I, well, I'll start chilling. We'll see what happens. But so, yeah, I, I, I just didn't care, you know? Yeah. It was whatever. N- nothing. Did nothing for me. Uh-huh. And then high school, I played soccer and I had to do cross country in the off season. Okay. Oh, so and they I made you hated do that. it. 
Dude, it was, I hated it, dude. Yeah. yeah. As like a training to, yeah, to stay your aerobic shape. base and all that. Because okay. it was the, like, because people wouldn't do anything. Because you do like. Where'd you go to high school? Santa Margarita. Where's that? In Orange County. Okay. Not cool also. <laughs> but like. Uh, Wait, what do you mean? I, I mean, we need to stay kind of on topic, but that place <laughs> sucks, dude. <laughs> um, it's like a really rich Catholic high school. Got it. Not fun. But so, yeah, you play soccer and then you like, you know, high school and then there's club soccer and then there's like a whole thing where you don't do anything. So you have to do cross country. And I hate it so much. um, And because I didn't run for years after that. Um, Before we you you move on, I feel this is one of the big things I wanted to get to in this podcast. Uh, Can you tell us about the vector runs? Oh, dude, let's go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The what? The vector runs. Vector dude, I've runs. I've heard a lot about this. Okay. I'm, so this is this is mine, man. I coined this <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, please. So we had to do this six mile run. There's like a loop around the school. Okay. And one of these, I think the kid's name was Scott or Sean, I think. He had a house right next to the school, right? And this was back, he had, Sega was old at this point. It's high school. Sega the video not, game console? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. Genesis. It's not new anymore, but he had it hooked up to a TV at his house. And like y'all remember Vector Man, the game. Yes, of course. Okay. Green guy who's made of balls. Of balls, yeah. and he so shoots, yeah. shoots more balls. It's all balls. <laughs> so, He's all vectors. But so we would, what we would do is, this homie lived a mile from the school, right? So and we knew like, okay, we got to be gone like forty minutes, and then we got to get our ass back. So we go and we'd run to his house and we'd play Vector Man for like we had twenty minutes. And so we'd play Vector Man, like, all right, time's up. We got to go back. And we got to sprint back. So we're like sweating. So it looks like we ran six what? miles. What? And that was that was a Vector Run. We got to do it twice a week instead of actually run. <laughs> so wait, did you guys ever get caught? No, dude. We went three years Vector Running. What? Never got caught, man. We had one kid that was going to squeal and like... I mean, we, you know, yeah, you can't have that. Like, yo, don't, can't have that. don't, why would he don't, squeal about a vector run? He sucked, man. He was like, he wanted the coach. He was like a freshman and he was good. He was a good runner, but he was like, you know, up in the coach's butt the whole time. Right, and he wanted right. to be the favorite. He's mm. like, oh, I'm going to tell him these assholes yeah, playing yeah, vector, yeah. man. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so and he didn't. And was, did you, was it the entire cross country team that would do this? No, or was it like no, a it was like a, a group of us that hated running. Okay. Like two, one of the kids, his parents made him do it. Another one just didn't want to do PE. So <laughs> Seems to, yeah. We found uh, each other. <laughs> we've talked about that on like, you know, just to, to take a second on it, but like PE in high school, like sucked. Like I never got anything out of it. And I was like, I wanted to do more sports, but I was so afraid to get a physical because they would like have to weigh me. And I was like, didn't want to deal with like the fear of that. So I never did any like extracurricular sports. And so it wasn't (laughs) until like, for me running was like, I lost, I've said it on the pod before I lost a ton of weight running. So like after that, I got really into like, I don't know. I felt like it it gave me like access to my body. So I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all about this, this thing. Um, but I just remember until then I was like locked in this box of like the only athletics I would do was PE and I hated it so Mm -hmm. much. Like I just did not enjoy like any aspect of it. And I would always go on runs and like basketball shoes as opposed to like going running and like running shoes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I felt like someone should have like tapped me on the shoulder and gone (laughs) like, yo, like (laughs) there's an easier way, buddy. (laughs) I mean, I just bought 
a pair of hokas like two or three weeks ago and it's the first time i've ever spent more than 25 dollars on running shoes <laughs> like so and this is when i did the la marathon i would literally go to big five find whatever was on sale Let's for 15 go. to 20 dollars and those were my running shoes i've been actually i was told actually by this uh kenyan ultra runner who's an actor actually i think i've talked about him before mm. he'd be great to get on on the show um but i i remember i was asking him like what shoes should I get? You know, and he was just laughed. He was like, "What you're gonna do is go to Big Five and find the cheapest shoes <laughs> possible." It's because it's true. Like, it, I think running shoes are a preference. Like, it, sometimes like they help you get going, but like at the end of the day, you can run in the cheapest shoes possible, and sure. it's totally good. So wait, what you? So you got what? What would you used to buy, and what are you buying now, Nick? I mean, I don't, I just went to the running store and then tried on three pairs of shoes that they brought me. And I was like, oh yeah, these feel actually amazing. And I had never done anything like that before. Right. My whole thing with running, it was like, it was like, it was a priority of my time, but it was never priority of like my money. Like I Ah. would, you know, especially in college or something, I would never be like, okay, I'm going to like go buy myself a nice pair of running shoes. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just Mm -hmm. like, I want to make sure I can run. And like, I would usually just wear I don't know, like Converse or yeah, I was in college. So we're like Tevas. Like I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, would you run in Converse All-Star Converse All-Stars? I, I tried for a little bit, but then I noticed the big five $20 shoes were definitely a step up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and it would also ruin my Converse quicker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> the other thing you're leaving out too is that, when you were at the running store, you were texting me the entire time. So we were doing like a play by play. That's because I knew you'd be so psyched. (laughs) (laughs) I was also nervous. I didn't know if they were going to swindle me. I don't know how running stores work in general. Yeah. It was a very welcoming, sweet environment. If you're, if you're going to start putting a lot of miles on, cause I'm walking like seven, seven miles most days right now. Yeah. I do like two little chunks. And so it's just a lot of time on my feet. And so it was worth it to go in there, have someone look at my stride. And, you know, I didn't know what a toe box was. But right. then when it was explained to me, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, right. I get why I need more space for my toes, you know. And again, when I was b- training for the LA Marathon in my early 20s, when I did this in the past, like, I didn't care about any of that stuff. Right. You know, that wasn't. So, yeah, but let's go back to LA Marathon. Um, uh, what was that experience like for you? So I, when I started training, my first thing was just like, I wanted to push it as far as I could once a week, you know, like I, I didn't do a specific training regimen. I didn't research what I should do correctly. I just was like, I'm going to do my normal thing, which is I run six miles every day. And then I'm going to go on a long run every Saturday. Great. And then I would also run on the beach sometimes like in the sand because I had like, I don't know, I watched Rocky or something. I thought, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I like, That's I, right, I thought that's what I was like supposed to be doing. And Let's so fucking go. <laughs> and so I um, at the time I was living in West L.A., um, like Fairfax and Adams. And so I would run uh, down the Bionic Creek like bike path and uh-huh. I would run that all the way to the beach and then I would run down or up the beach. You know, I'd either run in South Bay or I'd, uh, run up towards Santa Monica. And, I, you know, like. I never, because my priority still was like, this is like my zone out time. You know, it was like, try to get in a flow state. I wasn't trying to beat a certain time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, if anything, I was like after the dopamine high, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what the difference of training for the marathon was versus like what I'd done in the past, which was just like, kind of like get me time or space. So, got it. um, you know, I wasn't specifically trying to chase any certain time. I didn't look up anything. I just kind of went for it. And so cool. 
<laughs> kind of because what ended up happening is I uh like I had certain things that were like happening to my body that I didn't know what was happening. And like, I, you know, like my nipples would start bleeding on long runs and I'm like, what is this? This right. happens like this right. is something, you know, and I didn't know that like, had I talked to somebody about it, I didn't think about like hydration or nutrition during my runs. I would literally just carry like a plastic water bottle and then throw it away in one of the trash cans on the beach. And that's all I did for, and like on some of my training runs, I was going over 20 miles. I would go like, building up to it like 22 24 like again wow. not something you should do before you run the marathon yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, did you even have like a gps watch or like did you just have a no uh, yeah you're talking about man? this is like 2008 <laughs> but that gps watch i was still printing out MapQuest directions <laughs> <laughs> but i did have an ipod so that's the other thing you know i want to talk about like my listening time so like i uh, like I very specifically like would make long playlists of like, it was like, I would have some like more upbeat music, like, and then some, some of it would just be like ambient music or like free jazz. Right. Like in my early twenties, my favorite thing to run to was Ornette Coleman because it was like such an onslaught of notes. And like, you can, when you're running, like my brain would either engage with it like actively. And so like, I'm listening to what's going on is to try to like escape how tired I was feeling. Right. Or it was just like kind of this like sheet of sound that was in my head that was kind of like helping me like drive myself along, you know? Okay. Um, so no, I did not have a GPS watch. <laughs> <laughs> did you get injured at all or? So I, um, not like, I'm pretty sure all that concrete running without, like thinking about form or having someone check my form and running on big five shoes, like maybe, and probably running too heavy. Like, uh, as just talking about my body weight probably did not help my like knee problems that like I developed sure. later. Like I have like a shallow patellar groove, like my kneecap pops out, like my cartilage is pretty much like gone and oh. a certain part of one of my knees. Right. So like, mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of the reasons I, I really haven't, done a lot of running in the last like 10 years, but the main like quote unquote injury I remember happening, that happened to me is like I was grinding my teeth on my long training runs and I didn't uh. know it. So I actually cracked a hole in one of my tooth from like grind. <laughs> like oh my God. The While you were on the run, do you felt that? Well, no, it was so gradual. I just like was grinding my teeth all the time. And then I went to the doctor and they were like, oh, it looks like you're grinding your teeth really, really bad. Mm. And, I, and then I realized like it was because I was holding so much like tension when Jeez. I was like, yeah. You know, everyone talks about that last like six miles on the marathon. Like, what was that time like for you? So the marathon itself was uh, definitely like a failure. Like, it, <laughs> it was. Uh, I I loved it. Like, it's an experience like I treasure in my life. But because I didn't go in with like a good training plan, um, and you know, I kind of didn't research anything before I was doing it. I just was like all all in. Um, I. Uh, I definitely crashed at like mile probably like 18 or 19 when I was running the actual marathon because so I was working I like I had like a day job as an intern and then I was working overnights and usually when I worked overnights I could get a few hours of sleep but like it was the night before the marathon I was really excited it was like 
spring break so everybody this is like a dog kennel job so everybody brings their <laughs> fucking dogs to the dog kennel for spring break so it was like a total shit show at my work the night before and so i remember only sleeping like i don't know maybe an hour or two the oh night no. but i was also like so excited like beyond okay. excited to go mm-hmm. and do this that i was like this is going to be such an amazing thing to do i'm gonna have such a fun day uh like i was driving myself there and then uh uh my wife who then was my girlfriend she's gonna like meet me at the finish line and i was just like oh this is gonna be like such a such a treat of a run and so <laughs> so i drove six mile treat and like, <laughs> so i parked my car and it was like already like insanity before the race starts was and i the, wasn't like ready. where did it start where everybody was, was on P- figaro boulevard so it was like every parking lot was just like full wow, of cars that cool. to run so i um I remember like walking down and then just being lost in a sea of people. But some people were holding up like pace signs and I had never seen that. And I didn't know what it was. You know, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Some of I had never. Still don't. We're getting to you. Don't worry. <laughs> That's a good, good thing oh, to pace, mention is pace yeah, like, people mind, hold the signs of the pace that you want to finish the race at. So yeah. So if like, you're around uh, at the marathon. Okay. Yeah. It'll be like if you if your goal is to like qualify for boston that's like a three hour, around three hours so it's like okay three hour pace or oh, okay. like okay four hour pace like whatever your your kind of range is that you're comfortable running at yeah you want to try to stick to that group yeah it's, okay. it, it's just helpful if you're if you don't have a gps watch or you want to kind of stick within just the zone you can just look at this person with the sign and, and you're like good you gotcha. just, yeah you just gotta know all right i'm gonna stick with this group and i'll be ride good. it out the whole way yeah so, um, but you, wait, you were saying you see those yeah. people there and then, well, I didn't, I didn't like put together. That's what they were. It was just like people, but then also there's people just holding like signs of like jokes, you know, <laughs> so, because with the LA Marathon, it's like a party, you know, like some people yeah, are yeah, definitely like, there just like to like big, have yeah. fun and chill. So like, I didn't know what pace group I was in you know I'm just in the sea of people I didn't know what was going on and then I also had an idea of like wait how am I gonna know when the race like starts like I didn't this is I I don't think I brought myself I definitely did not bring my cell phone with me I left that in the car and so I just had like my bib and so uh my girlfriend at the time was tracking me on my bib so then she could like meet me at the end when I was done Got or it. like something happened she'd be able to pick me up right so like I'm in this sea of people and I'm like I wonder like is there like a gun that's gonna go off like what exactly is gonna happen right and then I, all I remember is hearing I love LA being blasted <laughs> at full volume and just echoing down Figueroa and I'm just in this like sea of people and I'm like this is the best day of my life uh-huh. <laughs> like uh-huh. but but it's so backed up with people because there's so many people running it that like it took like six or seven times all the way through that song oh, until yeah. I actually yeah. started yeah. running. So you're just hearing it over and over yeah. and over again. And you're so psyched. And then by the time it's like, OK, I got to start running. You're kind of like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it all it, it when you I crossed that starting line it's almost like i just dropped acid or it's like <laughs> I, like i just okay here we go and then i take it because it's yeah. yeah you're you're about like it's crazy yeah yeah okay so 
you finished the race and so you just bonked at 18 was that what it was so part of the reason like i was so confused about the pace group is i was in a pace of people who were like way too fast and then by the time we actually started running i started running way too hard so okay i was on like a like a four hour pace i think like okay four hour ten minutes, and i was in no place to be running that quickly got like, it i was not you know, again, I had never trained. I'd never really ran anything like this before. Uh-huh. I didn't know what I was sort of getting into. So my pace was far too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens when you run a marathon way too fast is then you are going to crash. Uh-huh. So I remember crashing like at mile. I don't remember the exact mile anymore, I'll, but I definitely do remember like a sea of people passing me because I was in the group where everything was kind of spread out. And then there's a bigger group of people who kind of run it like in the four, between four, four and a half, five hours. Like, yeah, as you get closer to those times, there's a lot more people. And I just remember like wave after wave of people passing me. And it's just like, you just feel yourself like, you know, you're failing, uh-huh. but then you also know you can't stop, you know, like I know that feeling very well. <laughs> so you kind of just keep going and going. But like what I loved so much about the experience is it's like, it's a mini like failure tour at the end because like there's you're like walking on orange peels at every single pit stop because you know like everybody's just eating and then like only so much makes it in the trash and by the time you're in the back of the pack you're just like walking through trash (laughs) of the streets of LA and it's just like there's so many little moments that I remember like thinking like man this really sucks <laughs> like, so did you walk and run on your way back in I, it was just the slowest jog i've ever done yeah and i remember this like you know being around mile 23 or 24 and then like the six hour pace guy was there and i was like okay i have to stay with this yeah guy and he was like pushing me he's like you can do it i know you can do this cool like, i know it's been like a really tough last like out you know because that was again like i crashed and then i'm still on my feet trying to finish the race for so long it's a long time to be on your feet yeah and then like all the bands stop playing you know it's such like a party vibe with like live bands when you're in like the main part of the group and then you know when you start healing hearing the steely dan cover bands you know you're in trouble (laughs) 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 okay so you finish but i want i want to this i want to make sure because you guys both have so many good stories, but Jared, oh, you're, I, you're, I can't be that, man. You're, un, you're I'm the only like non-marathon dude here. But that's like, <laughs> but what? you're so fast compared to us. Like, so not, when, a, not what after what I heard last <laughs> week, man, my man but flies. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Jared, you grew up like an environment where you were running regularly, right? You ran from yeah. a, like a pretty, a younger age. And so like you, you have really good technique. And so when like, after I did the marathon, like I needed like a break from running and I did that for a while. And then I, when I, I started getting like jujitsu again and then I wanted to get around conditioning. And when I would run with Jared, it was like, it was like, I was, I was running and I, it was literally like the tortoise and the hare, right? <laughs> like, right. One guy can barely function. And then Jared's just like running like a gazelle next to me. It's <laughs> like, you know, where I'd be covered and drenched in sweat. And Jared was like, oh yeah, man, you, you want to keep going? Yeah, we don't have to. <laughs> You mentioned earlier that you you hated running. So when did that switch for you, Jared? When did it turn into something that you actually wanted to do? Uh, like my mid twenties, somewhere in there. Okay. It's just like because in up until your mid twenties, you can do whatever and it doesn't matter. Right. You, know? you can like you can eat whatever, all that stuff. Somewhere in your mid twenties, you start getting a little old, and so then I started running again, 
just because like I woke up feeling terrible, basically. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and uh, and yeah, I started running and liking it for the first time. So like, yeah, you're, you're saying like you'd feel terrible. Like I, I understand that. Like, what is it? What do you get out of running that like makes you feel good? It's just balance, I think, because mm. especially in my 20s, uh, I just acted like such an idiot most nights, like right. partying and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, like when you you can't do that and run functionally. And so it helps balance things naturally. For me, it helps a lot, you know. Oh, I totally agree. Like I, I can definitely go from like um, I, you, you can't go out and have like 10 beers and, yeah. and then go run, you know, uh, 10 miles the next day. It just doesn't yeah. work that way. Like, so then you all of a sudden go like, oh, I got a long run tomorrow. I'm going to go to bed early tonight and yeah. not drink. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It helps put some kind of like barriers or boundaries on your life. Yeah. And you feel great too. It's like, yeah, it, it's like the best. When you finish a run, for me, it's one of the best feelings you can have. It's like natural. Is it dopamine or serotonin? I don't know what you get. Well, the- <laughs> it's endorphins we'll but go that, with that one man <laughs> but but this then, like this this then like highlights i think what i wanted to get in and talking to you about running is like i think when mark was telling me about how you run he was explaining to me about like how you go on these really long runs but you don't really have you don't and you don't need to but you don't bring anything with you like mark asked you the question like what do you use for nutrition and you're like what are you talking about <laughs> Dude. So explain to me like your running ethos uh, and yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get into that too. Cause I have so many questions. Mark's answered some, but yeah, like basically I guess kind of similar to you, Nick, like I never brought gear with me ever when I would go out running, I would just go. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just like in cross country. I never did. Okay. So I just never thought to bring water or anything. And it wasn't until recently, because I only started doing more than like eight miles in the last two years. Okay. I never wanted to do more than that. I just go out and run and it was chill and that was it. But recently I started to do more. But yeah, then I go like once you hit 10 miles, you feel terrible or not terrible. You just get so tired. And it's like, uh, like I've been able for the past few months or maybe like year and a half to like get a little further, but the progression is so slow. Right, right. And it's like. And it's like, dude, what am I doing wrong, man? Mm, like, mm-hmm. you guys are going 26 miles, and I'm running, like, at 12. It's like, how do you do twice this, man? Right, you know? right, right. Um, And I guess it's because you bring water and gels. <laughs> <and just, laughs> yeah, that's what I asked you. I think I, I was like, well, what? when do you eat? Or, like, are you putting food in? And that's when you were just like, yeah, I, I don't. And then Ever, man. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of. I don't remember if that was something that was like something I I think, I mean, we kind of talked about this too on the way here a little bit, but like getting nuggets of information from other people. And like nowadays I just kind of go on YouTube or go online and research stuff. But I guess when we were starting out, it seemed like there was, I don't know, like we didn't really, I didn't know where to go for that kind of information. So there was like a lot of trial and error. And I do, but I do remember seeing, you know, my uncle or like even going to like big five and you'd see, goo and gel and you, I just would be like what is this for and then <laughs> right of, dude yeah just even like wanting I, for some reason I always was like curious about gels I don't know yeah <laughs> no because I mean, like you see I get that yeah you'd see him at big five and you're like why would anybody 
consume this? What purpose is this for? Yeah, I always just, for me, I I felt like that there was such a difference between me and an athlete. Like, I was like, oh, I'm not an athlete. You know, I never (laughs) going to need this type of food. I'm not athlete, you know? Mm. And then, and then you do put yourself through these, these challenges or you realize, oh, it's not for athletes. It's for people who are trying to do this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, um, and even within that world, there's like people who don't do any of that stuff. You know, there's, there's so many different approaches to, to kind of keeping yourself alive and fueled and stuff. You know, I have a friend, she runs with like soft boiled potatoes in the back of her. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And just a bag of a couple small soft boiled that potatoes. That seems and so salt. heavy. It's gross, but she does it and she's just like, cool. And like, I remember. Does she use a spoon? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever it gets like, is there, it really man. like handfuls of like. No, she just takes like she gets um, little uh, like fingerling potatoes, mm. soft boils them and then puts salt and then throws them in like a bag. And she mm. just cr- like chomps on those. Uh, and it, yeah, that's her thing. I remember we went on like I remember we went on like a I think a 14 mile run and um, we were going up this crazy hill and all these things. And then I was like. I didn't eat, take any nutrition with me. And she was like, oh, yeah, dude, you're going to bonk. <laughs> and I was like, I was like fuck. And, and I kind of did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say that, too, about the longer race is that it's like an eating contest and that you have to you really have to monitor the amount of calories. I think it's like 200 calories every hour mm. or something like that. So, well, really? Chris, you, I think you said the LA Marathon felt like a buffet. Yeah. Like, yes, it does. It's just like, well, it, it yeah. Because it's like every mile there's something, you know what I mean? Whether it's like fruit or like sausage. Or like, yeah, like, yeah. You know, it, it, like the, the city shows up at LA Marathon. And, yeah. and so like you'll go through like Alvarez Street and there's someone giving out like taquitos. And then like, there is like. <laughs> hold up, like hold up though. Like can you eat a taquito and running and it, you don't get messed up? I, I think some well, people do. Like like the 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 Raramari race, the, the one that's down in Mexico, like in the Copper Canyons, like that's a 50K and there's like, you know, Mexican grandmothers making like bean burritos, like and just handing them out, and it's just That's like wild. It, man. It, it really just like I think it's easily digestible carbohydrate, and you know, yeah, maybe a taquito. The the oil would be kind of gnarly on your gut, but yeah, like it, it's kind of it's funny, like whatever you can desire. Like I think our friend Dan ate like a didn't he say he ate tortillas from yeah. home state? Yeah, they were giving out warm tortillas and i was like that's a good idea i'm gonna take some tortillas like because <laughs> it's you have to it's just like anything else i guess you have to practice eating also and see what works for your gut yeah because like i remember for me personally like i feel my stomach when, when it's turning and so i i will always get like i would notice i'd go on runs and i would drink some water and and then i would have anxiety right afterwards because but what it was was it was like the neurotransmitters in my gut were getting hit with the water. And then it was like creating some kind of anxiety that was going to my brain. And I would just, it's now a part of my cycle of like when I'm taking nutrition, sometimes like it's going to make my head feel a little wonky. Cause I'm like, you think about it, it's like your digestive tract takes so much energy and then your body's taking all of this energy yeah. too. So it's like, it's just like the reserves are being pulled in another direction yeah. really quickly. So it is, you want to get that system in kind of symbol. What is it? Symbiosis. Or- what did Venom do? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, see symbiot- guys, you see people puking, at least on some of the longer races that I, you know, that I've observed, you see people puking because yeah, their, their like GI system starts to kind of shut down because their 
the rest of their body's requiring so much energy that yeah. their 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 stomach can't process the food that's going in. I know that just for me, like with the the Yosemite half that we just did, like I you get to a point where you're 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 basically like running so much and you're like your gut is just like the way i think of it is it's just like on fire like it's stoked you know you could throw anything into it and it's just like okay cool <laughs> melts it really quickly and disperses it through the system but you know i remember i'm going all over the place but at the end of one marathon i remember this one woman was like charging she was this like older white lady she was like in her 60s and it's all lanky and tall and like kind of freaky and like she's running and there are these people in Brentwood eating at like La Pan Quotidien, like this fancy like <laughs> omelet restaurant. And like she's just like is running and she goes up to this table with people having brunch and she's like, can I have some of your salt? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, sure. And so she just took like a handful of salt, you know, and she's just like started licking her hands. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Dude, so freaky. That is so dope. That's a move. So for both of you, and you guys can take your time to answer this, but like where are you both at right now with running? Um, and yeah, like Jared, actually, let's start with you. Where are you right now? And like um, what do you care to do with it? You know, like what is your relationship with it? Uh, Well, like mostly honestly because of you guys and listening to the podcast and stuff. Like I think I want to try a marathon now. Cool. Because I think I'm... I'm close enough where I don't think I, I could probably do it at some point soon. Um, right. But yeah, like I've topped out at 16 miles. That's great. That's the farthest I've ever run. I'm stoked on that. But also that's like, I I hurt so bad afterwards because of the no eating and drinking water and stuff. So like I need to start doing that uh, when I run. So I guess where I'm at is I want to, uh, I want to start I guess not running like an idiot, you know. <laughs> like that's step one. I don't think that ever goes away. <laughs> no, dude, it's just you. It just gets more like complex and and stupider. <laughs> you do find a way to sustain the stupidity. Well, there's a there's a really good meme too of like, oh, you just need a pair of shoes to run. But then you see the guy with like a Theragun and like these leg like massage machines, recovery like, sandals, yeah, yeah. fucking yeah, and all the drinks and the the. Well, we were gonna we were even talking about vests on the way here too, and like yeah. that that's like another. Oh, so you can stash all your goods. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm hearing all this vest talk, man. I want to know what's up. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's I'm, sounding nice. So it's what's the, real what, nice? Are you are you gonna get a vest? <laughs> well, I guess I don't know. What's what's, the, I don't know what's up though. What's man. the vest to get? Is well, it, wait, are you guys talking like the, cause I know camelbacks. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like a camelback. Well, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. make them, but I, so I have the one I got is this like innovate two in one vest. So it's like mm. a vest and then it has a separate, uh, pouch that you can detach from it. So you can either wear it as like a vest with the water and some pockets in the front. Or if you go on like a really long run or if like the weather changes, you can add the backpack on and then keep like a jacket and some like extra food. So when I do the longer run uh, up at the Sierra forest next month, I'm going to have like, yeah, some like tortillas and <laughs> like, game. Some, yeah. you know, like a, so, maybe a first aid kit even like yeah. just some, and like a change of socks maybe or something like that. Well, you guys change your socks when you run. I don't run with socks. So that's a mark. What? You don't run with socks. Wait, no, that's right. You said that on the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, how do you not get blisters and stuff? 
I don't know. I think my feet have gone like full, like you're Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> freakish. Like they're just, yeah. I think I, maybe it's like the the Nordic Canadian in me is like just. I don't know. That's why I like man. feeling my foot as I run, and and I I I don't like um, cotton getting wet. You know, so mm-hmm. I can just imagine like wet cotton socks. I'm like, Whoa. I don't know. Yeah, I'm so I've hiked in wet shoes, but I've never run in wet shoes. So oh, I'm kind of nervous. I know that this race coming up has water crossings so i don't know what to expect for that like if i'm going to be able to run so even though i mean i guess i could bring a change of socks but the shoes will still be wet so i need to kind of figure that out i sweat like a beast too one time i was running la marathon and i was sweating so much that it reactivated the shant the like the cleansers in my running shorts like the detergent and my my shorts started falling. <laughs> <laughs> so dude Whoa. quick bath man yeah yeah i was like scrubbed down <laughs> so wait, and, and then nick like where where are you at with it like so i'm the same as jared in that like i got psyched listening to the podcast and so i just but i i just had one goal for the year which is like i want to go on a run and have like fun which I haven't done since <laughs> Amen. Since probably I went for a run with Jared like 10 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's definitely where I'm at. Because, like, I used to run with friends all the time in Seattle, and that was, like, you know, that was, I don't know, that was, like, special. It was, like, it was either, like, a very solitary experience, right, or then, like, running with a close friend. Like, I mean, that's, those are still people I talk to, like, every day. Yeah. It, it's so cool, like, yeah, I it's such a bonding experience. And I, I don't know, like, on, like, a, a greater level to it. Yeah, like, it's something you we are kind of designed to do, like, mm-hmm. as humans. Like, we can mm-hmm. do it. Like, that was the neat thing out of Born to Run that I learned was, mm-hmm. like, animals, when they run, they, like, every movement, they take a breath at the same time. And, like, humans, we can, like, do multiple moves and go on one tank of air. So we'll take a breath and we can move like eight steps and then take another breath. But like, like a dog will be like, <sighs> like that's how they do it. And, and mm. it's, it's kind of neat when you like it, cause that it's a very neat bonding human experience. Yeah. Mm. And it's, yeah. I mean, we joke about it, but yeah, it's just, it's a really simple way to of like releasing stress, releasing endorphins and all that. And like the other thing too, that we, we haven't really touched on though is like, being able to pace yourself and like running at a conversational pace too is also something that I Mm -hmm. think running with other people helps because you kind of you're able to check in with your body and be like oh I'm like probably running too fast I'm exerting too much energy and like being with somebody and talking to them helps slow you down and like is probably you know helps build your aerobic base that way because right that's the, the other thing too that I talk with people a lot about people that are getting into it that burn out feel like they're burning out or they're injuring themselves is like to just slow down like it's you know you want to be at a pace where you can have a conversation with somebody and and not be like totally gassed at the end right yeah definitely well i wanted to hear some of the stories of you just like running through la because i feel like you have some pretty wild stories of like encountering different well, because I live in downtown, so it's wild, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so but give us like a, you, give us a the, the downtown update right now. like, do you run through like the historic park or Elysian Park or like through the streets? Well, I have like a, now my, the I have like a route that I do that mm-hmm. you can like kind of change, like depending on what you want to do that's safe. Because before, like, 
Before it LA Historic Park, yeah. I was just running in downtown, uh-huh. and I'd almost gotten hit by cars so many times because yeah. it sucks. Um, but when they built the park, like then I just started doing the. It's like a mile loop, so it's it's perfect, and it's a dirt path, so it's great and easy. Is that where you were doing fourteen miles? Were you just doing laps? No, no, no. So. I started doing that, and then once I got to six miles, I was like, dude, this is, like, boring as hell, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had to, like, do something else. So then I started, like, going across the bridges into Lincoln Heights uh-huh. and, like, going around there. And then basically I just, like, um, what's this? I guess it's, like, uh, Broadway. Like, when Broadway, you go across that bridge, mm-hmm. and then you go across the five, and then whatever that street is. Like, I just take that into Lincoln Heights and then get close to um, kind of Highland Park and then turn around. So cool. And that's that's the loop. And there's a really good loop you can do where there's no traffic and the lights are almost always green. Yeah. And then when you get back, you're at about, like, you do, I start in Chinatown, do a lap around the park, and then do this thing. And when you're back, you're at about 10 miles. And then from there, if you want to go further, you can either just do more laps around the park or you can go into downtown. Sometimes I'll go to little Tokyo and back. Yeah. And that's a cool route. But yeah, before that, it was just like literally just running. I'd I'd go into downtown and. um, Yeah, just like whenever wherever there's a green light, you turn. It was a nightmare because then you'd have to get back too, and it's just like, dude, where am I? Or actually, so before I made this loop too, I started doing these runs where I would do that. I'd go into Lincoln Heights and just go where the green lights went. But then I would get lost. And a couple times I got lost and it was bad. And I'd, I mean, I'd do long runs, but accidentally, you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> just because I didn't know where the hell I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of fun that way though, right? It like, is. It like, is fun, man. I, I did a, I think I mentioned it on the, the pod, but like, yeah, that one run where I knew it was going to be really trafficy, and I needed to head down to a Redondo or something to be, like, that was like such a trip to like, just like use my body as a car. Like, right. just <laughs> totally. like, all right, cool. Like put a backpack, a change of clothes and like went from one destination to another. It, 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 it is fun that way. Like just to use it as like a mode of transportation. Totally. There's so many spots in LA too that you can kind of get, especially here, like on the east side, you can get a mix of things that are like a more city feeling and sure. then things that are like way, feels like you're in nature. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so from here, a, a walk that I do all the time with my dog is we go, uh, like we're in Pasadena and then you just walk up the hill for about 45 minutes and then you're at Echo Mountain and then you can take that and then be in like the Angeles National Forest in like another hour, hour and a half. And so if you have a few hours, like all of a sudden you're, you go from the suburbs to like a mountain top, you know, and then you can be in the woods. And it's, I feel like LA is like very special in that it does that. Like a lot of the cities I've lived in before, like that, you know, there wasn't an option. There's always like, there's also, you know, the, the human made parks, you know, like we've designated like Elysian park, a, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, that is a park, whether or not you want to say you're engaging with nature is another, you know, it's another beast entirely. Like, yeah, you might get attacked by mountain lion, but like, there's also the Hollywood sign up there. Right. So it's a very (laughs) like strange and like unique experience. Totally. But you totally get like, I feel like that's one of the things that makes LA special is like, and that's why I, I talked about how when I was training for the marathon, I lived like kind of in a place that was like, 
it's on the west side, but it's central to the city. But then like when you're in the Bayona Creek, you're at this like such a fight of nature and city, right? Yeah. It's like like it's all it's a paved creek, mm-hmm. right? That goes all the way to the ocean, and then you're just at the ocean and like on the sand, and you can go all the way down to Palos Verdes, which is another like 20 miles. Yeah, to everybody listening, um, there's a uh, is it Bayona? Is that how you, or is Bologna? Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's you know, this beautiful kind of bizarre postmodern-y like hybrid LA experience that can get you right up to the ocean. And, and there's a certain part where you run through it to um, where you go by like abandoned, like baseball fields. <laughs> like it's got this very cool uh, feel and, and, and there aren't, you know, it, it, it does shoot you through nature and industry yeah. at the same time. Like there's full like wetlands that are preserved that yeah. are kind of like right before it hits. Um, yeah. It hits the ocean. It's the, and for people that I guess aren't familiar with it, like just imagine that scene in Terminator 2. Yes. <laughs> where like the, in the beginning when they go into the cement waterway, I mean, those are kind of all over yeah. LA. Those, those yeah. like, but, the, the army corps created yeah. these. All the, all the creeks and rivers were turned into these, like when you, drain when you say like LA river, it's actually just <laughs> this giant brutalist construction right that's just all concrete but then like nature will like seep into that right yeah there's still like fish in the la river there's like a group that does kayak tours of the la river and stuff like it's and like you said the biona creek ends at the wetlands which are like a nature reserve yeah and then yeah all of a sudden like you start seeing more and more water and then you're close to the ocean like yeah uh shout out to show noro but like we did like one of those runs years ago and i remember it was a super hot day it was like close to like 94 or something and we thought it would be cool but we didn't realize like the white concrete was just like like beaming right on our faces and like it that that's what's so fucking fun about running though is like you get to see the city in a way that you normally wouldn't see it in the car and like that run specifically like we ran underneath the 405 like you run under all of these areas and like it's just it's such an experience and like you see like communities of people like living out there you see like it, it it's very it, it's 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 very like unique weird ride it's an adventure down there for sure yeah i, I might even say that the things that make la a kind of unwalkable city make it a really fun city to run in because there's such mm. long stretches of sidewalk where there's like nothing going on there's no pedestrians but yet for running that's perfect like when i was running in london you're constantly being like dodging pedestrians there's traffic it's, yeah it's a totally different or it's probably same thing in new york or you know or any big city you la has these like perfect stretches for running mm-hmm. well i was just in rhode island and i need, wanted to go on a run specifically newport rhode island you guys no, it's Mm-mm. it's what it's really nice, but whatever. But there's just like <laughs> shots fired, <laughs> shots fired, shots fired. Oh, with Newport in it, Dude, I got, no I, both <laughs> barrels with the shots, man. Like not chill. But so I was trying to run there, and it's all like old streets and stuff, and it's like a tourist town. It was the worst because I got spoiled from running in L.A. Where, like you said, you can go on stretches, and it's like. That's a great yeah. observation, Mark. I never really thought of LA as like a running city, but it is. Like mm-hmm. you, you do like. Yeah, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Like it's so fucking, yeah, long stretches. Yeah, it, well, I think of like Adams, like you mentioned Adams before, and how yeah, the, I remember walking down Adams being like, this is a miserable experience. <laughs> this is just, <laughs> you know, it's there's like 
industrial buildings with like no access to street access. So you're just walking by bricks and there's like overgrown weeds and stuff. But, but when you run it, you've like, you've actually seen so much like the, the, I did a run into downtown and like, you just like go through so many different communities and neighborhoods that you wouldn't walk. Like you'd take your car and like, but you, when you run it, you get that experience and it's just so cool to see all of that. Um, well, like we could talk to you guys for a really long time. <laughs> Jared, um, what is your uh, runner's high? Oh man. Uh, this is going to sound really dumb, but like um, in my twenties, big fan of weed, big, big fan in my thirties. I've definitely not as much, but it's very similar to that. I uh, brain turns off. I listen to music when I run like Nick and uh, yeah, I feel like it, it is a form of meditation, you know, but uh, it's hard for me to meditate the norm, like how uh, you think about it normally, you sit down and close your eyes. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's what you mean, but like that, that works perfect. That's I guess what it is. Like, what I, do you listen to when you run? I I change it up. I make playlists. Actually. Oh dude. So no, I found out you're a fan of, um, uh, Ross from Friends. Oh yeah, dude, I've been rocking <laughs> because that. of Mark. <laughs> yeah. Mark played so steady tempos. Dude, yeah. running to that is what's up. Like, Could you make us a NNR playlist? Could you do oh, one for us? Yeah, for say Spotify? no more, fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I, I'd love a guest playlist. That would be so rad. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. the, a lot of J-pop too. A lot of house. A lot of a lot of hip hop. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Nick, what's your runner's high, man? So. Honestly, it's it's hard not to echo Jared in that it's, you know, I I always just called it flow state. And that's that's, you know, that's something I've been trying to chase for like a long time. Right. Whether it's been when I'm making music um, or like it's it's just that point where your brain kind of lets go of everything else and lets you be in the moment. And yeah, I think I'm in the same boat where I'm not able to just like sit and get to that point. But running is something that especially after a couple miles, you know, and then it comes in waves, right? And sometimes you're able to be in that place for a little while. Sometimes it only lasts for a few seconds and then you're just kind of chasing it again. Um, but then for me, the biggest, I'd say the the best high is after it's over. <laughs> right? yeah, no, that's what's then, up. I feel you. Get, I feel you. You get that rush and then you can kind of be still and it's still have that, um, that little dopamine hit in the brain. Unbelievable. <laughs> Mark, man, you really like, uh, you really paired a nice selection of, uh, <laughs> it's like a nice wine and cheese. Pair. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple of goddamn nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're going to definitely have to have you guys back. Uh, oh yeah. I definitely is... want to do. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Updates. If Before you're going to be training after, for a marathon. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And, uh, Maybe we can get like a, a solid like a walking tour from you one day. Maybe you oh could yeah, like a, on the on the on, like a, a like on the ground field recording kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do that for sure. All right, well, uh, Mark, thank we you did both it. For yeah, doing thanks this. for both yeah, coming, guys. Really thank you guys, it. man. This is great. And you guys are gonna go hit a run now. I, I hope so. so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm geared up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's dipped, everybody. <laughs> All right, this was episode 13 of the Never Not Run Pod. I'm Chris Candy. I'm Mark Nieto. All right, thank you. Thank you.